Well, welcome tonight. Glad you're all here. Glad to be here. I'm excited, as always. I, I feel like I say that every single time I get up here. I'm so excited. I'm so excited, but I really am. I'm, I'm just buzzing in my spirit. And um, I was just telling Chris, I was, I was completely wrecked over there, um, making sure I don't lose my contact again. Um, but I was just wrecked over there, holding my, uh, holding my little boy, one of them, and um, and singing about a good, good father. And uh, I just think about the, you know, the 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 love I have for him and for my kids. And I know that there's there's kids around this world that don't have that same thing. And that's what I think about when I'm singing you know, you're a good, good father. When I'm, think, when, I'm, when I'm up here worshiping my father that some people know and either religion or people have, have messed up the idea of what that relationship's supposed to be or people that haven't had an opportunity to come in contact with, with him. And I, my desire here and my goal here is that we create a place that people can come, we can just introduce them to a good, good father, to my father. And that's what I, I truly desire for this house. And I don't mean to get all emotional every single time I get up here. I just, I just man, I, I feel this so much. I just feel this thing so much. And there's something happening. There's something moving. And um, a couple of things, uh, just to get started. Um, so one thing that's kind of cool is... Um, this right here is the official letter that we are now operating under the Rock of Bay County, which is really cool. We, have, we still maintain the Rock of Panama City legally and everything like that, but we're, we are operating, we're doing business as uh, the Rock of Bay County. It's our fictitious name or whatever, but I felt, I felt compelled and, um, to make that happen. At first, I was like, well, we're not going to do that, like, we'll just... That's what we'll call ourselves. It'll be no big deal. There's no reason to make all these changes. And like I told you last, I think it was last Wednesday that when we talked, I, when I was up here speaking, I, uh, I said the thing about, um, about how I just feel like it's time to move. Like I'm agitated. I'm like, I got to put my, you know, I know I keep saying, oh, it's a big ship, turn it slowly, but I'm just like, can't do it. Just going to keep moving forward. And it's time to make some changes. And it's time for me to match. When I see him move, I have no choice but to move. And that might be, there's things in the natural that I can do to match up when he says do something when a word so strong comes. I just sat there and I said, I can't see a scenario where we're going to go be okay going back to saying we're just the Rock of Panama City. And that was it. Not that there was anything wrong with that. I'm, I'm tied to that name in so many ways. I know you are. Um, but this was Yahweh stretching us. We Ben talked about a, a stretching happening way before that word even was dropped. And then when Tara uh, dropped that word, it it just, it's life. It's the right thing. And um, I'm not going to, to stand still based out of fear of what we've always done um, and, and make it and, and just try to justify it. So um, anyways, that's pretty exciting. Another thing that's just kind of, this is, these kinds of things might not mean anything to you, but it means something to me because when I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to make different changes and things and you know, you almost look for justifications for doing that, and I need to let go of that. Like, I don't need a justification except for, you know, Yahweh is moving. We are all in agreement of it and, uh, and, and making a decision and moving forward. But uh, Yahweh keeps giving me these little things, and, and this, is, this is like, this is not even anything that maybe 
you know, typically I should share. It's not that big of a deal, but to me, it just, it's just something cool, I think. So um, we've been talking. My brother-in-law, Derek, has been helping with uh, some of the different media and things, changes that we want to we wanna make, and Bill and all these guys are just helping so much. And, uh, but we were talking about it, and, and I was like, you know, I know this seems like just like a little ridiculous thing, and I don't even know if people use our live stream, but I just, I want to change the, like, I want when someone watches it to feel more apart. I want it to look better. I want it to, you know, I, I just don't want it to look like we just put a camera up there and, like, here's a peek into what we're doing. Like, I want it, I want those that can't be here to really see what we're about, even sound-wise, like, here, like, I've listened to our, to the audio on live stream. I've watched some of the live stream. I can't watch myself too much, but I've watched some of the like recordings of it and, and it's just like, that's not what it's, and there's something about being here you'll never get, you know, watching live, obviously, but there's just something about that. I was like, what things can we do to change that? So we were working on some of those things, but I'm feeling a little bit ridiculous throughout because in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, let's justify this. Let's justify why I'm doing this. It's, you know, we don't, it's not like we just have, you know, millions of people watching us and all this, you know, what, what's the point? And Pastor Jeff came up to me and he said, hey, Mark, um, I was going to let you know our live stream uh, um, bill was, was twice as much as past month because they had to bump us up to the higher plan because there's so much more activity of people watching us live stream now. So I just think that's pretty awesome. And so it's just like one of those little things. This has nothing to do with what I want to say tonight, but it's just, it's, it's kind of cool to me. I just love... Sometimes that Yahweh can just say, okay, you know, I know this small-minded thing, you need a justification, here you go, here's a little thing. You know, it just happens in the, literally we were sitting there talking about that when he came up and shared that with me, so I thought that was awesome. The, uh, the last thing, and I, I didn't talk to him about it, Jerry, do you want to share what about the, uh, the guy, you just, you just were in my office today, and you shared about the um, inspector coming and kind of approving us, and just kind of what you think about that whole deal? Do you mind sharing that real quick? I caught him off guard completely. What mic do we need? This one? What? It's kind of prophetic to me. Uh, last December, the fire marshal showed up. We've been in, we've been in the city 30-something years. Never have been inspected. And out of the blue... He comes knocking on the door. I said, well, I knew it was coming someday, working with the fire department. You know, we was under the radar for so long, and uh, the shoe finally fell. So he comes in, and he said, well, you got to have this. And so I said, okay. So I scheduled a guy to come out, and he calls me back in about two hours. He said, if you're under certain 10,000 square feet, you can eliminate a sprinkler system. And, and when you try to retrofit a sprinkler system in a existing building, it's pretty much a nightmare, you know, for the installers. But he said, if you're under 10,000 square feet, you can have a smoke detector, heat detector system, and you'll be legal. In that, I seen the prophetic, we protect the people physically. Now we can receive the people spiritually. Now you're protected in here. 
you have an alarm system. And one Sunday morning, I'm going to set it off just so y'all can hear it. <laughs> so, so if you ever hear it again, nearest exit, <laughs> find it. So I see it as a spiritual uh, um, kind of mark. Okay, we're marked now. We're, we're physically legal to have you inside this building. You're protected. Now, as a spiritual turning the page into this new uh, day that now, just like Mark says, now we re receive the people. We're set the stage physically and spiritually to receive the people of Bay County into this ecclesia. And today was the day that the inspector came and approved all the work that the company did. So now we're there, and so that page is set. So we're now we're looking for the future to be, I can now bump up the occupancy to max this place out and be legal. 800 and something people can be seated in this auditorium. So we'll start with that, and then we'll go to two services. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so I just, that to me goes along with being approved for building and, and it, you know, do we want people to come here? Yes, we want to build, the kingdom's about relationships. We want people here. We want to grow. We want to be a part of that. But ultimately, I just want to, like I said earlier, I want to in, introduce people to what, in a new way, what I've, what I've grown up in and what I've known and what I've, what I've learned through Apostle, but also through Yahweh and, and my relationship with him. And so... To me, all of this is significant, and I, I see what I don't see. You know what I mean? Like, I see it already, and I feel it already. And so when I say I'm excited, I don't just say that to be like, okay, well, good, he's in a, he's in a good mood, or like, you know, this, maybe he's going to say something exciting or whatever. Like, I, I really am excited. You can ask my wife. You can ask anybody that talks to me on a regular basis that I, uh, I'm just so excited about this time. So anyways jumping in here. So one thing that's uh, what's kind of stood out to me is since last Wednesday when we, when we brought up, uh, uh, I read that article about um, the suicide rates in Bay County and how uh, extremely high that is and how I feel like there's a, I don't know why that's being brought to our attention, but I know it came right after I had asked Yahweh, show me something, show, you know, show me what to do, bring something to my attention that's of importance. What do you want me to do? And this came up. And, uh, and since then, a lot of you individually have come to me. I've heard people talk about the, their experience with suicide, not maybe personally, but of people in their family, of, uh, of um, at schools or different things, and, and shared how much. And it seems like to me um, that sometimes when Yahweh gives you something, get, you, get ready. Like, I feel like it's, it's, we've, we've kind of awoken the beast, so to speak. Like, we've messed, we've rough, ruffled some feathers by standing against something. But the great thing about that is, is that, like we talked about, we're covered, we have the grace to deal with this thing. The worst thing for us to do right now is to go see all these different things happening, different stories coming up and being, well, you got to get involved in this and you need to do this and you got to do, trust me, I've thought about all of these things and I'm like, gosh, why did I even say that yet? I should have just held that to myself for a little while. 
but you all know that's not my style. I'm going to say it when I, when, I, when I feel it or whenever I've got it. And, uh, but the worst thing for me to do is to act right now. The best thing for me to do right now is, is, is to open my eyes, open my ears, know that I'm in a new place, in a new situation that I've never been graced to deal with yet until now. And now that I have this grace, what do you want me to do with it, Yahweh? Otherwise, you'll get, you'll get caught up in all the smoke and mirrors and the things and get pulled in all different directions that he never wanted. In fact, I believe that my ultimate test whenever something's brought to me, when Yahweh gives me a word or gives you a word, my ultimate test is of, of my heart is, is not what, what am I going to do with it? What am I going to allow him to do through me in it? Am I, really, am I really listening to his heart on this matter instead of, instead of what I think is right? Because I could easily just take what I feel like I've heard, read an article, get emotional about it, and then you know, hear some things of what we should do and some suggestions and then do that. But that would, be, that would be just like what everybody else does. And I'm, I believe that Yahweh right now is, is telling me to just, just be here. Take the word and, and, and open your eyes and just wait. So I want to encourage all of you, uh, when it comes to evangelism, redemption, when it comes to this, this suicide thing, I've said, if anything comes across you know, your table or you, know, you feel Yahweh speaking something to you about this, please you know, don't hesitate to bring it to me. I'm not saying that. But I also want to encourage you that we don't have to have it figured out. And that's awesome. Like, we don't have to carry that weight. He gave us this. It's a great revelation of where we're going, what we need to do. It gives us direction and purpose, and it's awesome. But just chill. Like, just relax. And I'm probably talking to myself when I say that. Y'all know I kind of do that on Wednesday nights. But just, just chill. We're, we are good. And, and Yahweh is, is going to show us away. It makes me think of one of the things I, I wrote down uh, is, about, is about the story of Yeshua sleeping in the boat in the, you know, with his disciples. Um, because when I say we're, we have grace to deal with something, we also have the authority to deal with something. So there's, it's, it's no... It's not a shock to me that when we announce like we're standing against suicide rates in Bay, in Bay County and we will see those things drop because we as sons and daughters of, of the Most High are standing against it in our land, in our county, and we won't stand for that. Um, when we do something like that, that things rise up against us and, and, it's, and, and we start to hear and some things show, you know, show up that you wouldn't expect. Um, and, and, you know, I think that, I think it's, it's, it's significant, you know, Yeshua in that time, uh, sleeping on the ship during the storm. Because Bill Johnson says it like this, which is incredible. The guy just has a way with words, but he says, you only have authority over the storms you can sleep in. Isn't that pretty cool? So like, so us acting immediately because we heard of a storm that's happening in our county that's not act, acting out of peace and rest. I don't know if you guys can figure this out, but I am figuring this out as I'm talking to you. I'm, I'm not, this is my night to sit here and talk about just thoughts that I've had on, uh, on these things. Whenever I'm talking, that's kind of what I'm doing here on Wednesday nights. And, but, I, but I believe that, I believe that like acting right now on something by, by just jumping in right when Yahweh gives you a word. Now there are times I'm, don't get me wrong, there are times Yahweh directs you to do something now and you know, but by acting right away, it's like jumping up and acknowledging the storm, like, 
I got to do something. Like, what do I do? It's, it's like the disciples kind of move. Instead of Yeshua sleeps to the storm, and whenever he wakes up, he's like, what's up with, where's your faith? You know, like, you have authority in this situation. I have authority in this situ- situation. I have grace to deal with it, so I'll deal with it when I need to deal with it. You know, I can sleep in this storm. And so, um, so I just, it, it, when I heard that statement, the, the whole thing of you only have authority over the storms you can sleep in, I just thought, that is us right now in this, in this storm in Bay County. If you will, open your Bibles to 1 Kings 19. Y'all good tonight? Seems a little quiet. I was, I've kind of gotten used to y'all actually kind of being up, and now it's like, oh, it's Wednesday night. I'm just tired here. Um, so this story is about, uh, is about um, Elijah, and it's one that's very, uh, very, I mean, you probably read it a million times. Uh, but I just, there's, for whatever reason, Yahweh's been speaking to me about this and to go back and look at this. So we'll just walk through this, see what he has to say, and, uh, and, and, and go from there. But um, just to give you a little backstory, this is where Elijah is he's on the move. He's about to start running um, uh, because he's, he's stood against Baal and the prophets of Baal, and they've had, uh, you know, he's trying to turn Israelites, the Isra- Israel's hearts back to, uh, back to Yahweh. And uh, the prophets of Baal have been trying to prove him wrong. They've all turned towards, you know, the prophets of Baal and Baal, and they're worshiping these idols and stuff. But they have this moment where um, Yeshua, or Yeshua, where Yahweh, um, or where Elijah brings them uh, before, he calls all the people together, calls all the Israelites, all the prophets of Baal, everybody, you know, forth and basically says, um, you know, well, you know, you're, they're saying their God is, is the one true God. He, you know, Elijah's over here saying, no, it's, it's Yahweh. He's the one true God. And it's back and forth. Mine's better. Yours is better. Mine's better. Yours is better. And he finally says, like, let's settle it. So what we'll do is we'll have a, uh, you, you, uh, the prophets of Baal, I, there's, there's 400 or whatever of you. There's a bunch of you. There's only one of me. He said, but you guys get together and I want you to make an altar, sacrifice a bull, and don't put any firewood or anything under this, this altar, and just, and I want you to ask Baal to light the altar, you know, to, 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 ignite, that, to ignite that flame where there should not be any, any way that he could do it. And if, if he can do it, then, then, you know, he's obviously a god. So they try all day long. You know, they're begging, they're, you know, they're trying to do all, they're doing everything they can, they're cutting themselves, they're trying to do anything they can to make their God light this flame. It doesn't happen, Elijah even is like kind of mocking him, like laughing about it, and he says, watch this now. So not only does he set up his altar, but he like literally like douses it with water and like builds a trench and like makes it impossible, you know, pours it all over and is like, okay, watch, watch what's going to happen now. I'm making it even harder for my situation to happen, but I built an altar to Yahweh. I'm asking you, Yahweh, to light this flame. And immediately, Yahweh came down and showed himself strong, lit that thing, and all the Israelites dropped their faces. And so now we're in a place, when we pick up here in the scripture, is, uh, 
is that Ahab has told Jezebel about what Elijah did because he, he had all the prophets of Baal killed. And so he said, um, so now he's on the run. Jezebel is wanting to kill him. So that's where, that's the backstory. So 19 says, um, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his serv- her servant there. So then it says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. <laughs> Isn't that just ridiculous? Like the dude just like had all of that happen. And then he's like, uh, I'm day's track in the, uh, in the wilderness. Like, just let me die. Like, this is horrible. I can't make it happen. So, so, he says, uh, so he says, and he prayed to the Lord that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. And I, I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals in a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And an angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. And he went in in the strength of that food, 40 days and 40 nights as, for, uh, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. So that to me is also already crazy because he couldn't make it a day by himself. And then, you know, the angel basically said, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. So eat this. And then he goes 40 days and 40 nights. Pretty ridiculous. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. So this is when I I think it kind of gets interesting. Because it says, and he says, "Then, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passes by. Okay, so this is where we're all pretty familiar with this story. But the first thing I want to point out that stuck out to me was the fact that he was in a cave, almost in hiding, just had made it through that 40-day, 40-night trek, and he's in a cave. And he, first, Yahweh asked him in the cave, what happened? He said to him, what happened? Then, right after that, Yahweh tells him to go up on a high mountain come to God's mountain. So he comes from a place, a lowly place, in a cave, doom and gloom, then up to the mountain where God has him. And then the kind of famous um, part of the scripture here, and behold, the Lord passes by in a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, as we all know, a still small voice. And then, 
Then the Lord asks him the same question, and he answers the same way. But what, it, what happened, what's interesting to me, and why, why I think that this is important uh, tonight, is, and, and what I wanted to bring, is because there's this tendency, like when Yahweh does something, because if you think about where he came from, the ridiculous miracle that Yahweh did for him, where he had fire come down and light this altar and light the bull and everything and made, every, every, you know, made everyone believe in that moment, then Yahweh comes back and he says, and he says uh, ask him what's wrong, ask him what's wrong again, and, and, and right before he, he gives him, or the second time, before he asks him the second time, he gives him all these things. All these things happen that would seem like if you based it off of what Yahweh did previously, all of these things would look like Yahweh. But every single time it says, but the Lord was not in that. So there's an earthquake. The Lord was not in that. When? The Lord was not in that. And, and, I, and I think that there's, there's a tendency that we as, as kingdom people, as just people, in general, um, we want things to work the same way every single time. And, there's a, and the only difference, the only difference that's going to be in us today as, than it was yesterday is the closeness, the proximity, proximity that we have to the heart of Yahweh. And, and if not, then we're going to be, we will, we will jump every single time someone brings a problem in front of us. Oh, it's, it's time to evangelize. It's time to redeem. We got to, okay, that's a problem. We're going to jump on that. Oh, that's a problem. We're going to jump on that. And before we know it, we'll be spinning our wheels with a, with a call like this and have no idea. But when Yahweh says, just be still for a second. You know, lately, whenever I've been praying, and I say praying, like I, I literally, I've, I've gotten myself I've set myself apart in a time not to sit there and pray in the spirit for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever else, but I literally am just still and quiet. And I would challenge you to do the same because we have, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with praying in the spirit. Obviously, there's so, that's, that's amazing. But sometimes I just think we need to be still and listen and just be in a moment. And when Yahweh gives us something, not just get so pumped and excited or, or just feel like we have to do everything, but just be still and chill and just relax for a moment and hear Yahweh. I would say that if you're setting yourself apart for a time these days, go and just sit. If, you, if it, if it you know, revs your gears to turn on some worship music, go ahead. If it turns your gears to, to turn on some whatever music, do it. But just sit and be still and be quiet in the presence of Yahweh. You know, I wrote here is, is basically, Eva's probably not going to be thrilled with me about this one. Oh, well. She can probably hear me. She's going to run over here. But, uh, you know, I, I know, here's the thing, is that I know, like, if someone came and told me what Eva said, like, if, if someone said, hey, your wife told me to tell you this, I more than likely am going to know exactly if that was true or not, just based on how they said it. Because I know her, I'm so close to her. It doesn't really matter how they say, if they try to sound like ever or whatever else, there's just little nuances about my wife that I know that I would know if that was from her. And this is the funny story I was going to tell, is that Eva, <laughs> oh Lord, um, no, it's not that bad, I'm just kidding. But I know Eva and she, she'll think it's funny. But she, Eva is like, she, she drives her crazy how like 
witty my family is, like when it comes to like humor, like my dad is obviously the king, but Sarah Beth is probably second, and then I have a little bit of it, and it just kind of, you know, well, Mary Catherine's there too, she, she's got it too, they're all, I'd say Sarah Beth and Mary Catherine are probably more like my dad than even I am, but we'll have these group text messages going on, and Eva's in them, and she's always like, there'll be something sent out, and, and Eva will be like, oh my gosh, I want to say something, like I want to say something witty, so she'll be like, Mark, okay, listen, just take my phone and text as if it's me. <laughs> and I'm like, she's like, just say something funny. And I was like, Eva, babe, you don't, have to, you don't have to be like whatever. And she's like, just do it for me, please. And so I'll text it back. Well, here's the, here's the funny thing is I'll text it and it'll be, it'll be good. It'll be something that my dad like laughs or whatever. But then it all of a sudden keeps going. And then they try to play off of that. So then she's like, Mark, do it again. Here, do it <laughs> And so, so I have to mimic and, and try, to, try to make it sound like maybe she would have said this, but it's really me. <laughs> oh, man. She always tells me not to say that to anybody. She's like, no, because and she, it's not just, I'll just say it's not just family. She'll, so if you get a text from Evan, it's funny. It might be me. <laughs> um, so really, I want to wrap this up with this. I don't, I don't have any intention to stay very long tonight, but... Um, and Chris, if you don't mind to play a little guitar, I just feel like, man, for me, like when I have some music behind me, I might just need to do this all the time. Just like it just changes the mood. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can speak this. But I want to share a story that uh, Damon Thompson shared with me. And he might have shared this speaking before. I don't know. But I thought that this just goes along so much with the closeness of, of, <laughs> of how we need to be with Yahweh, how we need to be with Yeshua through Holy Ghost. I, I think it's so important. All these things go together. Like what we've been talking about for the past few months, we're not jumping around. All these things are leading up to, to this mission and mandate. I mean, the identity thing we've talked about, recognition, everything, closeness, with the, the presence, everything that, we have, that we've been diving into uh, the, past, the past few weeks, past couple months, um, is really just coming to a head. And, and, and really, I've said, I said this today, but I'll say it again. Like Our mission is inter- to introduce people to the Father. Our mission is to create an environment, a place here in this gathering that, that we, we host the presence of Yahweh, that we host, his, we host the presence of his son, Yeshua, that, that Holy Ghost is allowed to move among us, that we come here for a reason other than just ourselves and to hear some good music or to hear someone preach or to do whatever else, but we come and we create an environment for people to come into that they all of a sudden say, yep, that's real. Like, that's something that no one tried to get in my face and teach me something or tell me something, but I just, I came in contact with, the, with, with someone <clears throat> I thought I knew or and I didn't know him quite, quite like, like, like I'm experiencing now. Um, I had a conversation with Samuel Clement today, and he, he was sharing with me about, like, man, I, f- I felt close, but I want I to go a step closer. Like, I, I, I'm, my relationship's good with the Father, but I want it to be great. And, and Emma's song, close is not close enough for me. Like, you've been close before, but how close? You know, like, is, is, are, you, are you satisfied with, with what you've done before? Are you satisfied with the way he did it before? Yeah, that was cool, but the action doesn't get you to tomorrow. There will be a time that you're in a wilderness and you need something different than the miracle of yesterday. So here's the story. So uh, Charles Blondin, or some say Blondine, but this here is America, so we'll say Blondin. 
Charles Blondin uh, said, uh, he, he was a, he was a tightrope walker and he was like this, uh, it, a lot of people didn't like him because he would just do ridiculous stuff that they're like, you're just messing with your life. You're toying with your life. And that's just, you don't, you don't care about life, you know, and, and it's, it's not a good representation. And, but, um, this was unheard of in the day that he would do stuff like this, but he, 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 what he wanted to do was cross Niagara Falls and, uh, and, um, and he had got all these people around and everybody's, everybody had said, like, this dude's not going to do it. He's going to kill himself because he refused to do, have a net or do anything like that, um, any kind of safety things. And he was like, no, I, I can do it. And, he, and so not only does he do it, but then he goes back and he comes back with, like, like a, a wheelbarrow and is pushing it across. And he goes back and he's, like, doing backflips on the thing. He goes back and he's, he's laying down and, and like hanging off of it and just showing all these people and they're getting more and more angry with him and, and, it's, and it's just like, are you serious? And some people love him, some people hate him, obviously, in those kinds of moments. But this is the important part. So he had a manager whose name was Harry Calcord. And so this is the, one of the last times he did it. He said, it says, uh, this is something I took from the actual story. It says, shortly after, uh, after he made one crossing, he made another and after a brief rest, he appeared on the Canadian end of the cable with Harry Calcord, his manager clinging to his back. And Blondin gave his manager the following instructions. He said, look up, Harry. You are no longer Calcord. You are now Blondin. Until I clear this place, be a part of me, mind, body, and soul. If I sway, sway with me. Do not attempt to do any, any balancing yourself. If you do, we will both go to our death. And I think it's, I, I, I loved when he told me that story about like, about like, you know, he was talking about like the proximity and, and being close to, to Yahweh and like, it, to me it relates to where we're at. Like, that's the reason there's a, there, that we should desire to be one with Yahweh, to, to be one with Yeshua, to be so close to his heart and to dive into that every single day, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays or if you go to a Bible study or if you pray with but like literally living in every day, like centering yourself in him and saying like, Yahweh, today I just want to walk with you. you, when, you when you lean, I'm going to lean. When you say go, I'm going to go. But until I hear you say that, I'm not moving. I'm just going to keep my eyes focused on what you told me the last time. You told me to look forward, I'm going to look forward. Last thing he told me about this, this evangelism thing is to keep your eyes open and to look. Keep your ears open and hear. So right now, I don't have to move. Until he sways, I'm not going to sway. And I think it's important that we as people, no matter what it is, if it's this corporate gathering, if it's our jobs, if it's anything, if it's just life in general, don't get, don't get swayed by the, the earthquake and don't get swayed by the storm and the wind and everything else. But if you're close and you know his heart, you will know when that still small voice comes. That's when, that's when the peace in what you're supposed to do comes. So if you will stand with me tonight. Yahweh, we love you, and we love, we love to do your will. We are a people that are founded on a, an amazing foundation and are looking forward to building the house, but we won't start building until you say go. 
We won't do anything until you tell us to. And, we're, and we, are, we are living our lives based on what you, the blueprints that you give us. And Yahweh, even throughout this week, I, I ask for a, 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 I invite you into my life as you've invited me into yours, and I just want to be one with you. And I, and I declare over this people that we will not lean unless you lean. That we desire to be one with you. That we desire to be so close that we don't need some major miracle or anything. We just need that still, small voice that we know so well. We love you, Yahweh. I speak protection over this people. May our angels go about us and camp around us. Keep us safe throughout the week. And keep our eyes open and keep our ears open. In the name of Yeshua, amen. I love you guys. We'll see you on Sunday.